always a core choice. This is the War Games Orchard. Welcome to the show. It's Nathan here with Scott and GJ. Today, we're talking all about theme, specifically the themed lists of Warhammer Fantasy 6th Edition. There are many, so many lists. We came up with this topic and then quickly regretted it because this is huge. So we're going to be doing a bit of a bird's eye level look at the great themed lists from 6th edition, breaking them down, talking about our favorites, talking about the ones that we think are the most iconic, and at the end we've got a little game for you today. It's going to be a nice casual chat, and to start things off, we're going to go with some news and some hobby. Gentlemen, today I have basically no hobby, but I do have some news. I will keep that for the end. Scott, why don't you start us off here? What have you been working on? What have you been doing? Right. Um, actually, GJ and I had a game, a remote game, Vampire Counts versus Chaos, Warriors of Chaos. We did our... That's awesome. Orch- yeah. Yeah, it was super fun. Our smash up edition, uh, The Orchard. So that, again, is eighth army books using sixth edition core rules. And GJ surprised me with some, uh, this is why we play this game. (laughs) He taught us some stuff about the orchard, which was really cool. In fact, it was chariots and characters. Do you want to tell us about that, GJ? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, Nathan knows all about it now because of our zombie pirates episodes. And (laughs) I put that one in, uh, in for our little game at the end. But uh, yeah, in 6th edition, when you're fighting a challenge, when a character in a chariot is involved, the character actually steps down from the chariot to fight the challenge. Uh, unless there is no, no unit that he's up against, he's just up against a single character. So the chariot itself and any other crew and beasties, they fight against the unit, and the character steps down to uh, attack the challenger or the right. challengee in the challenge. And, and you wh- yeah. ha- had not counted on that <laughs> happening. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and why this is a big deal is that it opens up a whole new litany of uh, math. Math hammer is what I'm getting at. Like, okay, I'm off the chariot. Now my armor saving is, isn't as good. But if I had a hand weapon and a shield, I actually get a parry. And there's all these new things that uh, you have to think about when you, before you charge if you wanted to. And the good news is... Usually the chariot's constituent parts would attack the character or the the challenger. That would be great for the challenge, but now it attacks the unit. So that's also really good. It's kind of a trade-off. Certain scenarios would be obviously better than others, but it's it, to me this is like really exciting thinking about chariots and characters. So how do how can I how can I abuse and take this to my advantage where the chariot comes in, the impact hits always hit the unit anyway. But then all of a sudden the horses are, or the other characters are attacking the unit as well. So yeah, really, really fun stuff. I appreciate the, uh, that. Uh... Yeah, well, hearing this, I feel a little bit like Dr. Frankenstein. I am right. both excited that my monster is alive and terrified <laughs> at what it is going to do next. <laughs> Super fun game. Yeah, it was 1,500 points. I really enjoyed going back down a notch. We usually play 2,500 or more. And then you can look at your list building differently and it makes it, uh, that's why points are really important because it changes the way you approach either the battlefield, your list building, your opponent, who am I fighting? What stuff were we taking? We didn't actually 
we knew we were fighting which army, but we didn't talk about our magic items. We kind of left that uh, as a surprise. Yeah, and for me it was just, uh, this was my first time ever playing Chaos. Right. So I just wanted to try out a lot of things. So I have multiple small units and that probably cost me the battle at some point. I, I should I... probably have dropped yeah. like the Chaos Spawn and maybe gotten some more knights or reinforced right. my unit of regular Chaos Warriors. I'm not sure about the spawn. I think the spawn actually held my zombies up the whole game. I think what happened, honestly, it was a little bit of luck on my part and maybe uh, a couple of adjustments on your end, but I that Vampire Lord should have died to your Prince two turns before. I got yeah, lucky that's true. With the, yeah, I got super lucky. I mean, again, you have to count the die, dice that would that could happen, but there was a little bit of uh, over the odds there for me, but yeah, either way, super fun. Other than that, I am re-obsessed. I was always really obsessed with Infinity, the game. I'm. It's all really, really, really about the community. The community of Infinity Online has been... Uh, there's so many groups and people doing... Uh, it's on Tabletop Simulator, obviously, for obvious reasons with the pandemic. The amount of work the community's put into maps, missions, to take pictures of your own minis and uploading them into the game... 50 pictures per mini. It's astounding. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time doing that. I joined three leagues. I got second place in the Montreal League recently. If any of you are interested in game design, I really highly recommend playing Infinity to see what else is out there for possibilities because it is very astounding. When I explain sometimes how the game works people some people say i don't think that would work <laughs> it literally doesn't make any sense and then you you literally need to see how it reminded me of playing warhammer for the first time where you're blown away by how the game design works with weapon skill and comparing stats and it's very similar to that and how combat works but you know take it to the next level with infinity with hidden deployment like characters your model's not even on the table um, and it comes out as surprises things. It's just, it's really, really fantastic game. Uh, we do a lot of Warhammer here. I eventually will do, be doing more Infinity when our uh, lockdown stops from pandemic. So yeah, that's that's my nutshell. All right, that sounds good. GJ, how about yourself? Uh, besides the uh, wonderful game I had the other night with Scott, I have done another remote game, and this is also a first try for me, which was Mano War. Cool. Played against uh, Joshua. He he hosted, and uh, I actually managed to beat him in my very first game. So I have not in my life never lost a game of Mano War yet. <laughs> uh, the undefeated wh- champ, <laughs> which is you quite stop, funny stop because head, <laughs> uh, yeah, th- that's what I said as well. No, uh, which is quite funny as well because up until our battle, Josh actually held that title of not having lost a game of Mano War. So h- here I come as a rookie admiral Whoa. and I just blast the ships out of the water. So that, that's uh, yeah, I was really surprised about that. Um, But I like the game, and uh, now I am looking for uh, the Manor War boxes, and uh, probably, possibly, hopefully, by the time this episode uh, airs, I will have bought some, and I will be uh, a lot poorer money-wise, but a lot richer uh, miniature and game-wise. So yeah, if you have the chance, uh, please check out Manor War, or try to have a remote game. It's, It's really... 
uh, it's it's pretty simple. It's it's very fun, and um, just after one battle, I can't recommend it highly enough. Other than that, as for painting, I have been working on some um, high elves. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier on the show, but uh, at the moment I'm doing some Ludden Seaguard. I'm also working on a couple of river sections, just using the very old but still very good and, and very nostalgic How to Make War Games Terrain, the first of the two different books that they have. Where it's just you draw a cardboard shape and you add the the little banks of the river and then you put some uh, some wall filler on it and let it dry and uh, paint the river blue and the the banks uh, brown and green and add some details and you're good to go. Nice. So working on a couple of those. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's it for the most part for me. All right. Well, you sound like you are a more accomplished admiral than I am because I played Josh a while ago back, I think, in February or so, and he handily beat me. So there we go. The, uh... Yeah, but now that you know he can be beaten, maybe try for a rematch. <laughs> That's true. I do. I, I really owe him another game of that. that it's <laughs> it's really fun and super silly everything i i kind of want in a miniature game where it's uh it, it sounds like blood bowl on the water or something like <laughs> yeah it it really is a unique beast i think amongst games workshops games all right well i don't have any hobby because i've been mostly working on stuff for the past little while uh, i do have some news though and the first one is that we have a fresh video on the orchard this is a little bit of a labor of love for me. It's something that I've always wanted to do, and I kind of just made myself figure out how to do it. And this is a let's play of the beautiful classic 1998 Warhammer 40,000 Chaos Gate, my favorite cool. Warhammer game of all time. It's me playing through the very first level of the game, which doesn't sound particularly challenging, except that I set it on the highest difficulty, which is the <laughs> Mighty Hero difficulty. And I am not particularly good at video games or Warhammer, really. So I, <laughs> I felt like I was very unqualified to do that, but I had a lot of fun playing through it. If you want to see some of that, check the, or the War Games Orchard YouTube channel for that one. It is fresh as of us recording this video. I, it was the last thing I did before I oh, cool. came to record this was finish that up. It was actually a lot of fun to record and edit. Not nearly as much work as I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to be working on that for a couple of weeks, but it went very smoothly. Fun. And yeah, if enough people like it, I mm -hmm. will play through the rest of the game, or at least as long as my poor Space Marines last. I'm sure people will love that. Since yeah. you you can't replenish your losses in this game. Oh, so, wow. that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's wow. it's a beast. It's it's kind of XCOM yep. with Warhammer, uh, with a Warhammer skin, but it is a fantastic game. It's funny because it came out in 1998, which is the same time that Third Edition came out, but it is very much inspired by second edition right the aesthetic is gorgeous i mean the graphics are 1998 so you know don't expect to be blown away but the game itself is solid plays super fun you can actually get it on good old games if you want to play it for yourself for definitely i don't know like six to ten dollars it's very cheap yeah so check that one out uh second piece of news is actually a bit of a, a bit of uh, something sad that i i kind of felt like i should share and that is that 
both of my grandfathers passed away recently Whoa. actually in the same 24 hour period yeah wow. yeah absolutely Dude, so uh, just a, a bizarre and sad coincidence it was something that it, it's relevant to this show because and this is something i probably haven't mentioned since our very first episode but my grandfather on my maternal grandfather i should say when i got into warhammer he was the one that helped me put together the starter box and the sprues and those those very first kits that i got and he actually helped me paint them up and we painted them with like dollar store paints and things and he was actually pretty good i think he enjoyed it you know yeah. for for all that uh he was kind of your your classic handyman type of of guy where you know he was very he was always building things and always doing things so i i think it was a another kind of outlet for him but he always cool. seemed to really enjoy it first games that i i played with the stuff that i owned was with him and he was the bretonians because i wanted to be the lizard man <laughs> and i didn't have a good grasp on the rules but i think he let me win anyway <laughs> and so yeah that that was sad Un unfortunately he had been in a care home for quite some time with the last few years uh almost in a, a vegetative state so this wasn't a surprise yeah. or anything right. but it's still a, kind of a bittersweet type of thing as well because you know that that kind of thing isn't really life either when when someone gets to that state so right it's such a strange time where yeah what, there's no right or wrong there you know it's it's kind of one of those things where you say it, it is it is what it is but yeah i yep. i did want to share it here because uh there's i i just haven't done a whole lot other than stuff like this this week just because I, I haven't been really yeah really feeling like it and Not feeling uh, like it. but you mentioned him many times yeah 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 and yeah. uh so my my other grandfather on my my father's side my my family is the personification of the facebook relationship button it's complicated <laughs> so i actually didn't really know my father's side of the family until very recently it's uh there's a lot going on with that and uh it, it's been really interesting getting to know people that uh, i am very related to and just hadn't met for 30 years but it, he also passed away at at in the same 24-hour span that's crazy and yeah just utterly bizarre but he was uh, not someone that I, I grew up knowing. I, I never met him. And I, I've honestly just I've learned more about him just, you know, reading the memorial right. services and, and about his life and that kind of thing. But it's it's interesting because my full name is uh, Nathan Henry Charles Stone. And I'm actually both of my middle names are for my grandfathers. And oh, the wow. fact that they both passed away on the same day wow. is is. Yeah, oh. it's just. Uh, so it's it's been a it's been a weird week for me in that regard. So I haven't really done any kind of like hobby stuff or anything like that. I, I've just yeah. been working on the stuff for the podcast and for the videos. And anyway, that, I just wanted to mention it because yeah, he no, was a uh, my yeah. my maternal grandfather was a really big part of my hobby life. I may have to uh, tip uh, tip a drink your your way tonight then. Oh, thank that. you. Last thing I'm going to share is something uh, a lot more happy, <laughs> and that is. Our latest Patreon episode, by the time you hear this, it's either going to be out or it is going to be out in the next couple of days. And GJ and I sat down and had an awesome chat related a little bit to this episode in that we talked about a 6th edition theme list and one with a really cool legacy. That is the Zombie Pirates of the Vampire Coast. These guys are hilarious. It's a weird and wacky army 
where your entire tactic is pray to roll sixes. Because if you roll enough sixes, you can take out anything in the game. Sounds uh, like a pirate. <laughs> and if yeah. you don't roll sixes, you're pretty much out of luck. And God help you if you roll ones, then your army just gets rid of itself. It's it's hilarious. If you're already a page... Basically patron, like orcs and goblins, but then uh, with an undead but they die. Yeah, 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 that's it. <laughs> So if you're on the Patreon, please check that one out. It's lots of fun. We had a great time doing it. We even have a little game at the end, courtesy of GJ. Really fun. Great episode. And if you're not a patron, maybe consider becoming one to check out that episode. It's only a dollar a month for the Patreon, and you can donate any amount, but we don't have any tiers, so we're just happy to have you along for the ride. And we would love to add more people to our little Patreon community. We do a bonus episode every month. It's not always on the correct date, but it's every month there's a bonus episode. And if you like the show, if you want to help out the show, it really does help us out. It paid for our hosting costs this year, to which I am eternally grateful. Because some of us uh, in this podcast, not to name Nathan's, are broke as a joke (laughs) and really didn't want to pay that uh so a huge shout out to our patrons you guys are the absolute best and that is that i think we are ready to move along guys we've got a big a big topic for today and i didn't mean for it to be like this it was just something that i've wanted to talk about for a while because it's honestly one of my favorite parts of sixth edition and that is the theme lists that came in the books and the supplements and White Dwarf and Warhammer Chronicles and just everywhere you look, you look under your rug and there's probably a theme list for 6th edition. <laughs> I think what we're going to do is we're going to start off by going through quickly the army books that had alternate lists and just kind of giving our thoughts and opinions on the lists therein what we liked about them, which ones we thought were maybe a cut above, and then we're going to get into some more kind of fun questions. We're going to maybe figure out uh, which ones are are the best, which are the most iconic, and what are our favorites, and that kind of thing. But to start things off, we're going to be looking at the following books. We're going to be looking at Dwarfs, Skaven, Orcs and Goblins, Empire, Lizardmen, Vampire Counts, Dark Elves, and the supplements Lustria, Storm of Chaos, and the Chronicles. So, yeah, a lot of stuff going on here. (laughs) Why don't we start off with everybody's favorite four-foot-tall drunken (laughs) miners. The Dwarfs. This is a book, I think, and I'd forgotten because I didn't have a lot of experience with Dwarfs really before uh, I started playing with the guys from the Orchard because there's a lot of Dwarf players. There's There's a lot in this book. There's the Guild Expedition, the Throng of Karak Kadrin. There's the Royal Clan, the Ungrin Angkor Force, which are these are the guys that go in the Dwarf Underway, the Overground Defense Force, and a themed list for the War of Vengeance in case you want to kill some elves. <laughs> this is so cool. I love how much is here. And I didn't realize that the Dwarf Slayer list had its genesis here and then got expanded yep. on in Into yes, the, storm. the Storm of Chaos. Yeah. I have to say I am super unqualified because I, I do not play dwarfs and have never played dwarfs. Uh, Scott, you're a bit of a dwarf guy. Was there any of these that you really stood out to you or is uh, something that you've played? 
six ed is when I started playing dwarves. The Slayer list is by far the coolest thing ever. <laughs> um, it's just, I still think about Slayer lists. In fact, I kind of forgot about this because Jesse and I were talking about a Slayer army, how we need to have a Slayer army in the orchard. <laughs> Certainly. You know, because the death throw ability is just so good. You march your whole army forward. That's fine, right? Yeah. This is the edition where I actually wanted to learn to speak Dawi. I was obsessed with dwarves for a short time. Um, yeah, short time. <laughs> see what I did there? See what I did there? Yeah. Um, but as far as the lists go, yeah, I really kind of focused on um, the Slayer army. I guess my the most famous character I created to come out of this book is called Gronti Kazad. So that would translate as, I believe, if I remember correctly, Small Mountain. And that was my character for D&D, &D, my character. He was the leader of my Slayer army. I think the last time I've used Gronti was probably a month ago. So we're talking 2003, 2004 till now. That's lived on. So yeah, it's kind of a big deal that way for me. Yeah. The yeah, the Slayer list is I think that's that's got to be the one that everyone remembers out of here. And it's it's the one that I remember. Right. I actually had no idea that any of these ones existed. GJ, do you have any thoughts on the the dwarf forces? Yeah, there are some really cool thematic lists. Uh to me the war war of vengeance um stands out basically just for what you cannot take because uh right. during the war of vengeance the dwarves had no access to black powder. So all your war machines uh, are just stone throwers or bolt throwers. And the army exists of only core units and special units. And there are not even any rare units for you to choose. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a nice uh, thematic list there. Mm -hmm. Actually, they're all nice and thematic. But uh, War of Vengeance is one that uh, jumps out to me. And it's also one that in a later list uh, got an update... And I got a high elf counterpart. It's in the, uh, let me check my file real quick, uh, in the Chronicles 2003. Okay. Nice, yeah. And I, I like that it does have a high elf counterpart there. Although I feel yeah. like the high elves probably gained more because in the War of Vengeance, you know, <clears throat> the dwarves lose all their black powder weaponry. The high elves gain a bunch more dragons. <laughs> I don't know yes, if that, yeah. uh, I don't know if that, evens out necessarily the one that i would gravitate i think most to would either be i like the overground defense i've always really liked the idea of dwarf rangers and gyrocopters and stuff and there's this kind of different less armored and less armed dwarf force but faster moving and the ungrin anchor underway force where it's all iron breakers and oh, those man. those really tough yeah. dwarf units just yeah. making this wall. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. And it's it was one that surprised me, I think, probably the most in what you had access to. All right, let's keep this train a rolling because we got a lot to hit on. Uh, so next up, why don't we hit on the Skaven here? The only order we're going in is the order that I wrote down. So I'm yeah, sorry no for anyone trying to follow along <laughs> at home. Uh, it is what it is. The Skaven. Oh, man. So this might be one of the best for alternate lists, only because it makes so much sense. They were just like, let's give them the greater clans, and let's give them extra units mm -hmm. as well. This one is huge, 
And each option here has tons of different ways to build the forces. You've got different heroes. It's really, really neat. For me, I would go... I really like Clan Molder. They're one of my favorite ones. I always liked Rat Ogres. I always liked the, the big mutant beasties. Hmm. That would be mine. What would be your guys' pick for a list from this? I don't have a lot of... I, I always liked Eshin. I don't hmm. have a lot of experience with those lists. Funny enough, I think it was Mulder I faced mostly. But I always... like Eshin's the one with like the ninjas, like ninja rats, right? And the night runners. Yeah, and, yeah the assassins yeah, and everybody. Yeah. Assassins. Stuff. I really... That's my shtick. So yeah, I was really into those guys. Nice. I, I'm a bit of a somebody who likes them all and who wants to collect them all, um, <laughs> even though I never played Pokemon. Uh, but to me, the one that stands out a bit is uh, Clan Scryer because of all the wacky machinery. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, I, I'm an engineer myself, so I like the fact that you can just put some twigs and, and some iron pipes together and <laughs> blast uh, green laser beams at the yeah. enemy. Put the pipes <laughs> together and just add warp stone and you're good to go. Yeah. yeah. The thing that I think stands out the most here is the characters that you get. Because this is this is quite rare for a book. And I think they had a lot of fun, the writers on this one, coming up with these oh, different yeah. characters. I think for me, the choice here that stands out the most is the Plague Lord for Clan Pestilence. He's weapon skill 6, toughness 5... Oh. Three wounds, five attacks base at 130 Whoa. points. I think he is an absolute wow. beast. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, and Clan and Pestilence. And frenzy, so that attack actually goes up to six. Yeah. Six, yeah. Clan wow. Pestilence always got so much love. Even in Age of Sigmar, right? They're still a playable force. Like, it's it's crazy that they really... <laughs> something like Something caught on with them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I liked uh, some of the names as well. Like the Festering Chanter, which is the... Uh, the level one wizard for Clan Pestilence. I think it was really well named on that one. Skaven, great list. These guys were made for alternate armies like this. I, I Just where I their agree. clans have such yeah. a unique and different aesthetic, each one. And they, they fight each other too all the time. Oh, they all have the such time, personality. Yeah. So when there's a lot of infighting, that's what kind of makes demons interesting um, in armies like... But Skaven have, you know, basically the whole underground. So what's going on down there? Yeah, it's it's all sweet rat business all the way down. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Unless there's anything you want to mention specifically about the Skaven, we will press on here. Uh, just that the Clan Pestilence list, I believe, was also in the Lustria campaign, or maybe in a bit of a different composition. I think it was but, a but... slightly different composition, or maybe they just added Nurglitch, who is the special mm -hmm. character. Yeah, possibly. It's just that this list with the the Plague Lord and the Festering Chanter, these um, do pop up again in the Illustria campaign list. Nice. Yeah, that's that's worth mentioning for sure. All right, guys, let's move on to clearly the best of all time, the Orcs and Goblins. Oh, okay. I was like... <laughs> Vampire counts. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I you could make an argument for vampire yeah. counts, and I, I might actually because yeah, but let's yeah, but orcs and goblins, orcs and goblins yeah. first. Yeah. So we've got the night goblin horde, the common goblin horde, the savage orc horde, the mountain or troll country wa, the nomadic badlands wa, and the snotling horde. <laughs> Again, this because is one where they had a lot of fun with. I think 
Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Night Goblin Horde, Common Goblin Horde, it's pretty much what you expect. Savage Orcs, again, pretty much what you expect. But they, they do give you your Spider Riders back, sort of. And uh, uh, Savage Orc Chariots. And Savage Orc Chariots, yeah. The Mountain or Troll Country Wa is an odd one. I feel like it has the weakest theme of all of them. Like, I expected to see a lot more trolls. I, trolls and giants become special units, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I kind of wanted to see trolls as core, but I yeah. maybe they maybe they thought that would be a, a balancing they, bit of a They got it back thing. in eight, they got it in 8th edition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, with Throg. Yeah. yeah. I think there's there's two that stand out for me the most and they're the last two. The Nomadic Badlands Wa. I mean, have you ever wanted to play Mad Max Orcs and Goblins oh Fantasy God. Edition? Because oh this God. is the list you do this on. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Your characters yeah. are mounted. You got your wolf chariot or your uh, wolf riders as core, orc boar boys, or boar chariots as core. You're only using mounted units. Is it... Man, this is fun. This yeah. is so cool. Like, I'm a huge fan of forest goblins and, and uh, spider riders and the uh, savage orcs. But that, yeah, you. I like the Mad Max uh, analogy. It's super cool. Mm -hmm. And the last one, of course, is the Snotling Horde. When you're the general of your army is a single wound night goblin big boss that can take 25 points of magic items. The rest I, of your army is Snotling Swarms and I Pump hate wagons. it already. <laughs> but you can take giants as well. So I oh, think yeah, this is yeah. great. If I could go back in time and go yeah. to a sixth edition tournament this is what i'm taking i 100 <laughs> oh, percent i'm taking this i'm not going to win a single game ever in no, my you entire probably career, will but... because you can't there's just you're just gonna have waves and waves of i'm gonna have snotlings. Waves. there's no <laughs> there's no way you, anyone can cream through all that stuff yeah what do you guys think of the orcs and goblins i yeah, completely uh, agree with you mate uh, i was something with you, yeah. the one that uh, stands yeah. out for me as well yeah. And that's actually one that I do really, really, really want to try out at some point. Except that I need more snotlings and more pump wagons, but... It's one of those lists where you, you don't have... Like, I didn't have orcs myself, but I had friends that had orcs. And you're like, try... You're like, do this! Do this! <laughs> Come on, do this so I can fight against it! Yeah. Do this! Yeah, it's really exciting. I think if you were to do this today... I mean, this, the snotlings might be a little tricky to source but i think you could get a lot from the blood bowl snotling team I was going that to was say released. that yeah because yeah, mm -hmm, that yeah. has two pump wagons in it and i think it's only about 50 dollars canadian so i don't mm. know what that is in other currencies but it less clearly but yeah that'd be a that'd be a good place to do it man i just i even want to see pictures of someone's snotling horde yeah. If someone made this for yeah. sick yeah, edition. Yeah, I, I know people who have. Um, okay. I'm, I'm not sure if I saw them on Instagram or on Facebook, but I have seen someone who has actually made a Snotling Horde, and he oh my brought God. 55 really bases of those Snotlings. <laughs> wow. I love it. 50, wow. That's See, incredible. Those people that collect it like that, I might have to find all my stuff, like my Snotlings, and just donate them. I, I Just to add more to their craziness. I love it. <laughs> Well, let if me you're just listening, say, if yeah. you're listening, reach out. Yeah, I'll see if I can find my snotlings. Yeah, yeah. And if you have, if you have a snotling horde or have pictures of a snotling horde, send them our way. Yeah, because we'd all sure. love to see that. Yeah, I think I could do about eight snotling bases. That is, which is, I mean, it's a good number. It's yeah. more than I yeah, you, use in, in can, any number um, of games. But I guess that's, if, that's if you I have the regular blisters, you can uh, really stretch them out. Because yeah. I had three blisters of snotlings. And I was able to make 10 bases out of them and then just adding some of the plastic ones from the Night Goblins and the later Night Goblin Fanatics kits. All right. Yeah, you, 
if you put five, maybe six to a base, then the base is already full, and they are calculated in those blisters that you put eight or nine or eight, maybe even ten on a base. Okay, I never actually had a blister. Like all of my snotlings have been secondhand, so I, I didn't know how many came in a or in a package. But if I can find some, that is what I will try. All right, yeah, orcs and goblins. This is oh, it was such a such a good one. Let's There's go. years of years of work, of yeah. you know, like just yeah. on one one army alone. Yeah. Uh, so let's hit up the empire next. The empire is a fun one. Gives you a lot of interesting forces, not from the provinces, but themed lists around other parts of the empire culture. Here, this is one of the few sixth edition books I actually have as a proper book. So I I am a fan of this particular tome we have the emperor's guard which is kind of neat it's a little bit more elite you can take knightly orders as core units zero to two great swords as core units pretty cool uh the artillery train of Nuln, which, uh if you like artillery this is the one for you of mm-hmm. course this is before they got the at least the rocket launcher or the rocket hellstorm rocket battery i think it is right yeah because uh, yeah. that would come i think in seventh but that was seventh or eighth yeah yeah but if you is still uh, not the list you want to take if you want to make friends no <laughs> yeah no. cannons and mortars core choices <laughs> yeah yeah sure that sounds reasonable then there's the sigmarite army very cool uh this is where you want your flagellants the the guys who are really really into sigmar and dying for sigmar the Marienberger Mercenary Company or Army from the Wasteland. This one's all right. I mean, you can take regiments of renown as core units, which is kind of mm-hmm. neat. That is but cool. that's that's really its big selling point. The Cult of Ulrich, very cool. If you like your knights being White Wolf, this is that the was, one for you. That was me. That was me. It's a I good did. looking force too. Yeah. I always liked the Middenheim theme because it was just a nice blue. It was. It always looked really good. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, we have the Crusader Army. And these guys are if you want to take other knights as your core, although you can take White Wolves as well. And so this is one that is very much if you want to play Bretonia, but not really Bretonia, play uh, Crusader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is good. I like this one a whole lot. There's certain things that I, I wish maybe i might switch like the sigmarite and the marienberger army for something that's themed around some of the other provinces maybe but otherwise i mean it's all pretty good i mean like the central book is basically altorf right like the main book is kind of like coming from that point of view yeah they got access to pretty much everything yeah Yeah. i kind of have a look at it that way because it's like the neutral it's the colleges it's kind of where everything meets Mm. Yeah, I part of me would have loved like something from Nordland or Ostermark or you know one of the like the northern provinces or yeah. What do we have? Yeah, what do we, what do I, we have? Some of the uh, poorer provinces maybe Poor, where yeah. they they don't have access to uh, all those fancy handguns and just uh, go around uh, shooting things with bow and arrow. Yeah, yeah, something like Sterland I think are very Sterland. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're yeah. they're kind of wanting for for the more uh, technological innovations of the empire. Yeah, that something like that would have been would have been really nice. I mean, I really can't say anything too bad about this except that I think the empire <clears throat> alternate lists are really overshadowed by the incredible Middenheim list that you get when you get to Storm of Chaos. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And actually, the uh, Cult of Ulrich uh, got an update as well in the uh, 2004 Chronicles. Oh, really? Oh, right. Did they just add the stuff from Storm of Chaos? The, my favorite thing about the was the Grandmaster. You could take him in the regular slot or in the um, Cult of Ulrich, but the Grandmaster was a pretty good fighter. He's, uh, he's a bit tougher. More attacks yeah. than the Elector Count. Yeah, yes, you can take uh, for lords a uh, Grand Master and a High Priest of Ulrich. So this right. is the uh, R. Ulrich. The Seneschal of the White Wolf was introduced. Priest of Ulrich. Uh, they introduced Hunting Hounds. They introduced Tudigan Guard. Um, you have Wolfkin as rare units, which are just basically converted flagellants with a lot of options. And they got a uh, whole lot of magic items and some army special rules, I believe. So uh, it's uh, definitely a, a big upgrade from the Gold of Ulrich here. But I, I believe it's also still quite different from the Middenheim army list in the Storm of Chaos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's almost like there's three kind of unique lists for the uh, the Cult of Ulrich. So that's, I'm just that's starting to see a trend here, too. I would say probably there's a lot of influence from Mordheim coming into this because the Mordheim, when you build a warband for the Empire, you have, I think it's three or four choices from the right out of the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have Middenheim, Reichland, and uh, Cult of Ulrich. And it sounds like they kind of followed that from uh, in these books, which makes sense. That would kind of track as well. The Empire, I believe, one of the very first books to be released for 6th edition. Yeah, this is 2000. So this is yep. like launch year. Yeah. So Mordheim coming just the year before it. And exactly. I, yeah, I think that's a really good point. All right, gentlemen, let's keep on keeping on all the way down to Lustria. Or I guess more specifically in this case, the Southlands, because we only have yeah. one Lizardman alternate list to talk about. But it's kind of more involved than a lot of the theme lists in the other books. This is... The Lizardmen of the Southlands. And I'm just going to start off by saying I think it was an absolute crime that in the 7th and 8th edition books, Games Workshop totally ignored the Lizardmen of the Southlands. I think they were one of the most interesting parts of the, or the mm -hmm. faction because they were of the same sort of thing as the, the Lizardmen of Lustria. But they had kind of their own culture. They had their own thing where the Saurus were a lot more rare than the Skinks were. So they fought differently. And you had parts of the geomantic web that lay in the Southlands that just kind of got ignored after that. I, I, I was really upset that they didn't do more with Lizardmen of the Southlands. However, we did get this army. And this is actually an army that I've played a little bit. Cool. Uh, during 6th edition. Very fun. It's... A bit more of a challenge because it's more limited than your normal Lizardmen list. Your slan is limited to being 4th or 5th generation. There is a lot of different things. You're, you're much more limited in where you take your Saurus. Skinks are your main method of doing things on the battlefield, which isn't always a good thing considering their weapon skill to toughness too, <laughs> for reasons. It sounds like this is a younger tribe or area is that is that what they're getting at like yeah as, yeah well this yeah. is yeah. it was the 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 older slan were the ones that kind of stayed in lustria and the younger more energetic slan were the right. ones that 
travel there throughout the world. I wonder what and, that would look like an energetic <laughs> slam. Roll. Yeah, I, I think they occasionally like shift their weight. I think that's an energetic <laughs> slam. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> and, it doesn't take them a month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is quite a quite a neat list that has some very unique things, like the the just the regular skink cohorts. This was good for people who played like I did in fifth edition. Because this is where we found some of our our home for some of those models that just didn't really work anymore. So, for example, the Lizardmen, the Monopose Plastic Lizardmen from 5th Edition, all had bows. Right. When the 6th Edition Lizardmen came out, you got your choice between blowpipes and javelins. The, the bows were, were gone. And in this list we can actually take skink skirmishers with poison short bows and it costs them an extra point per model but we we get them back like we can we can actually take them again uh if you were unlucky enough to have bought the skink cold one riders like i did uh <laughs> you could technically take them here don't do it and then you could still take source warriors but you were limited to taking as many of them as you took scar veterans and you couldn't take a whole lot of scar veterans that's fine that's, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah like a lot of this is is cool like rare units you'd only have one unit to temple guard it was just a different way and it, it didn't limit you a whole lot on like what you could take for your army because a lot of the lizard men units are either skinks or skink related stuff like pterodons and salamanders but it just changed up the way that you would play it enough to make it something really new and something really interesting this is just, I have a lot of good memories of of this army. So yeah, I'll, I'm waxing a little too no, no, yeah. uh, nostalgically on this Trust one. Trust me, <laughs> it's when we get to our, yeah, it's going to be hard for me not to talk about like this for my yeah. my supplements. Yeah. Um, do you, what are your thoughts on the Lizardmen of the Southlands? Do you guys like this list? I, I've always liked it. I love it because of skinks. I love skinks. Skinks are great. Yeah. Skinks are awesome. And it even... Knocking those cold one riders, they at least they go for a lot on eBay if you're desperate, you know. Uh, <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's my retirement fund yeah. right now. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's funny. I've seen people play, uh, lots of people play Lizard Man. And funny enough, against me, maybe specifically, their Source and their Temple Guard do awful, and their Skinks just kick my butt somehow. They eat, like, either with the poison or just their movement they freak me out i don't know <laughs> they're, they're like birds i don't know like a flock of birds moving but yeah i i adore skinks i think it's great i just love the fact that you were able to use those old units again and i'm mm. really sad when i started to play lizardman or at least started to collect lizardman um i got a lot of those fifth edition starter skinks and then i found out that uh in 6th edition and in 7th edition and in 8th edition you are not allowed to use bows on your skinks and then someone luckily pointed me towards this Southland list but I still wish I could use my many many skinks with bows in later editions as well. I hear you and I am mm -hmm. with you on that yeah mm -hmm. I do wish they were usable. I mean most people probably aren't going to mind too much if you proxy them but no, but it's still a GW it's still a, thing. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's still a whole thing. Little, feels a little bit cheesy. Yeah. I've seen some some people who convert the skinks in such a way that the bows 
are replaced with javelins, and then you can just have the quiver on the back uh, saying, well, yeah, these are javelins. Okay, yeah, that could work. What's your guys' yeah. thoughts on that? Like, in as far as lizardmen culture, to mm-hmm. me it makes sense they have javelins and blowpipes. Why not bows? <laughs> like, I don't know, like, is it too hard to craft a bow over a blowpipe for them, or I don't know what GW was thinking there. I, I think maybe it was just a aesthetic or, or something for uniqueness. Right. Because New really, models. like, there wasn't a lot of armies using javelins. I, I don't know if anyone was using blowpipes. That's fair. Yeah. And I, I feel like they were just like, okay, like, we're going to make them a little bit different than just better goblin bowmen. <laughs> like, did they think about lizard lips? How are they going to blow the pipes, you know, like? You know what? I don't think they did because I've never thought of that until just now. And it's never not going to bother me. Thanks, Scott. That's great. How do they blow? This this is yeah. going to be like that stupid online skeleton debate about whether skeletons should have horns for their musicians because they can't. How do they blow on the... Let's, uh, let's start that here, please. Yeah, that's why it's called du- it's called duding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's the next one. We got to get that. But uh, just to answer your question, lizardmen are definitely not too stupid to craft bows, especially no. not the skinks, because not they have stupid, a giant but... bow on the stegodons. Right, exactly. So there if you, you can go. make a giant bow, you can make smaller yeah. versions. And to be honest, I do like the blowpipes better in 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 the lore. I think they're awesome. Um, they look cool on the model, uh, but yeah, I don't see any problem proxying whatever you want. Yeah, I usually proxy my bow skinks as blowpipe skinks, and then right. I actually have the old metal javelin skinks oh, from fifth cool. edition. They nice, were gorgeous. Nice. They were just those are so, really so nice. Yeah, I love those models. They are they are my pride and joy. Oh right. my god! Someday that army, I feel so bad. I'm thinking about it. I'm getting huge guilt. Um, That's your next hobby project. It's, yeah, it's just yeah. huge guilt for that army because it's in a box. And it deserves oh. so much better than that. It's like 5,000 points of beautiful oh. edition lizard men, And I, okay. I haven't done a thing with it. <laughs> yeah. Because part of me is just afraid to like take that dive because it's just such an endeavor. Yeah. All right. Enough lizard love for now. We can now have Scott waxing nostalgic because uh, we're going to move on to vampire counts. Oh. If I had to choose a... And maybe we will. Maybe we will choose a best or I our think, favorite of the yeah, of the, the lists uh, of the books for for lists. This mm, this is a, a a great contender. Each bloodline has a list, plus you get the necromancer's army as well. Yeah. That's so cool. And it was That's, just really neat. That is neat. It's it's if it wasn't I was if I didn't love vampires so much, it would be yeah, the necromancer army is so cool. Yeah. The necromancer army is a real throwback. Because necromancers in this book, like, they lost so much between 5th and 6th edition. Yeah. And the vampires gained so much in terms of lore. And they, they really became the stars of the show that I, I get why they throw in the necromancer army. But it always just feels like, oh, you're one of those players who played in 5th and had a sweet necromancer lord who mm-hmm. was amazing. Here's your bone, right? That you, we're going to throw you. Yeah. You can play this. But really, it's about the the vampires. This one is no contest for me. Von Karstein all day, every day. And only because I love, love the idea of the living fighting alongside the dead. I think that's such a cool aesthetic. The Sylvanian Levy is honestly all I want. That's, that is, 
I think the coolest thing, having these guys, having them be loyal to the Von Karsteins, having them in that incredible red and black Sylvania uh, theme for, for Empire troops, everything about it, I just, I love. Second would probably be the Necrocs, just because they're my favorite type of vampire, but yeah, uh, Scott, why don't you just take it over here and... The old timer, I mean, loves the Von Karstein. I find that the older I got, the more I really liked the traditional Von Karstein army. But I'm going to go with my 19-year-old self with the Blood Dragons. I loved Blood Dragons. I still do. And I love this list because I love whites. Whites are my favorite. And now I can take them in core. So we have Black Knights, Grave Guard. Yes, please. If that can... When I was making lists for a normal list, I'm always trying to fit... Oh, I need to get more... Graveguard in there. If I take that, they're so expensive. Da, 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 and now I can just have at it. And I think it's really cute that the skeletons are slotted in special. It's <laughs> like, but you do get your skeleton bowman as core. What is going on here? The blood dragons are very obviously picky about who's coming to their battles with them. And of course, my favorite unit, the black coach, as the rare unit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for putting that in. So what you'll notice, interestingly, is that there's no necromancer in that list. Uh, very cool. I like that because you're. This is kind of like our martial prowess hangout here. Sorry, leave the zombies at home. There's no zombies here. You know they're taking quality over quantity type thing. Mm -hmm. I love it. I hundred percent agree with your points on the von Karstein as well, Nathan. I mean, really, every they're all cool lists. I mean, even the Strigoi. It's really hard to not want to play a ghoul army as well. Yeah, so, I yeah. totally agree that there isn't a bad choice amongst them. There's not a bad <laughs> choice. They're really, um, really good. This is a fun topic because it's obviously by personal preference, so that's what's great about it. Uh, what do you think there, GJ? I do love that the Blood Dragons use the Bretonian Lance Formation, the Black mm -hmm. Knights. Yep. So that will make them really hard-hitting because uh, I, as a... Uh, new Bretonian player, I have experienced how good that Lance Formation actually is in 6th uh, edition. Although I do prefer the aesthetic of the 5th edition Lance. Of course. Of course. But, uh, yeah, it still works. It still uh, works. But as, as for favorite, I am tossed between the Blood Dragons, uh, just because of the thematic Lance and, and how they are making that army. And the Lamians. Mm. Uh, well, I'm a Tomb Kings player, so I, of course I do also like other stuff coming out of Camry, even if it is a uh, filthy little betrayer vampire. <laughs> um, but the cool it. part about this list, just uh, rules-wise, is that if, if you have a uh, Lamian general, you can take Swains as heroes, and mm -hmm. Swains are just heroes from any other Warhammer armies yeah, That's book. super cool or Ravening Hordes, you can equip them as normal for their list, including any mounts and magic items. So you can just say, well, here's my vampire lady, and she's uh, accompanied by a Bretonian battle standard with the banner of the Lady of the Lake, and uh, a dwarf slayer with uh, some master runes on his items, and yeah, just some some wacky stuff like that, and they are... They will even get hatred when the general is die is uh, is slain. Mm -hmm. This is yeah. the more we talk about this, the really more great. I want to have a 
sixth edition campaign focused on storm magic so you have to have one of the theme lists it would be so fun oh yeah that that's something i'll work on um i, I bet you patrick would be into that as well and patrick and would just, be super just, into that <laughs> yeah just to have like f yeah because i'm going to be honest here i feel really i'm a bit upset these were this era here is where i started to play competitively so i started to go into tournaments unfortunately i don't think i played these lists more than once not not even like i probably only played two of them mm. in my life so because you don't play them in a tournament right yeah right so i missed out on a lot of just fun hobby stuff which i'll talk about later in another army yeah. i just realized there's a lot of cool hobby stuff involved here right these legions of the dead lists are the ones that i most would want to play in a campaign based around them totally i think yeah. you could do something super fun like trying to have a, a conquest of sylvania or something right and each player takes a different one of these theme lists i would love to do a von karstein one based I, off I'm of super into that yeah based off yeah. of and this is probably because i watched it last night but the uh 1931 dracula with oh, bella nice. lugosi Cool. Because I, I'm just thinking, because you have your your lord, who is who is obviously uh, uh, Dracula, and then for his vampire thralls, you have his wives. Right. Did you you do the uh, those those ladies in white? And I I just think you could do something so cool with that. That's awesome. All right, guys, shall we keep on going? Yeah. What's next? Yeah. Okay. So we're we're you know what we don't even really need to stop it. I've got the dark elves on here, but they've got something much cooler in Storm of Chaos. But we'll just mention that there was a scenario in the Dark Elf book that gave you an alternate army, a Dark Elf raiding force. So based off coming off the Black Arcs, right. but it's not, it's, it's not quite the, the full experience that, that some of these ones are. Can I mention one thing, though? Yeah. Uh, as when I saw this back in the day, I was like, this is awful. There's so, you can't take anything. You know, there's so, you're so limited. So mm -hmm. you got your core mm -hmm. units corsairs and dark riders that's it but then i thought coming from in let's say i'm a, really a hobby enthusiast that loves dark elves you have a really cool opportunity to convert some and paint dogs of war as if they belong into a raiding party of dark elves which is kind of cool that is pretty cool yeah yeah you gotta think about like what kind of mercenaries right. are gonna work for yeah, like for a dark who, elf raiding. Who's crazy fleet, right? enough yeah. and salty enough to do this, right? Like, yeah, and no sorcerers allowed. Sorceress is allowed. It's super themed. It's super limited, and it's not great. But there is that, like, if you were stuck in a pinch, like, imagine if this is the only book you had all your life. You <laughs> get those dogs of war going. Yeah, the pur purple and yeah. silver. <laughs> all the uh, the six that edition dark elf book as it was written uh didn't inspire a whole lot of confidence from from me at least i i, well, I feel like it wasn't wasn't their best no and the more i dig into it that book the more i see the it's amazing for stories and lore and, and mm. that's that's important i think the general direction i mean if you give these elves all of a sudden in this book always strike first then they're playable <laughs> yeah so, you know what i mean but uh oh, they, they did get the quite a heavy makeover uh, later on in sixth edition yes that's true they get i do have the errata yeah you you really want the errata to, to play them yeah you need yeah. the errata you can't play them without the errata don't for, don't even bother 
or, or get yeah. a later edition of the book because I have both a first and a third printing here. Oh, oh nice. Okay. The, Good. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the third printing has those errata worked into them. Yeah. Sometimes cool. I forget just how long sixth edition went on. Like it was oh, yeah, it no. was a, a well lived edition. It's kind of like and to be honest, like it's kind of seventh edition anyway. It's just there's no edition that can be even ever closer. The magic's different and rank and file system's different. It's pretty much the same yeah. game. Yeah. Well, for right. TW, they did have a four-year production cycle. So right. they did like um, a new edition of Fantasy, then a smaller game, new edition of 40K, and then right. another smaller game, and then back to Fantasy. So all yeah. those editions should last uh, just about four years unless there are some uh, It's too bad. I don't think it's... Planning. It's not a great idea, in my opinion, to do that and make it mechanical. You should have your meetings every week, and what do you want to work on? <laughs> That's what I. Yeah. Yeah, it's just. It yeah, but, but they they also had much. a reason for that because of the power creep. Right. Yes, of course. Yeah. Right. We're we're talking about being concerned with uh, competitive play here. Well, What's this next? this is going to do us for the army books. So then we get into our supplements, and first up here is Lustria. Lustry is an interesting one because it mainly gives us Skaven and Lizardmen. It gives us a bit of a different Lizardmen look than the Lizardmen book, but somewhat similar in that it is a skink-based list. This is one of my favorite kind of lore bits of all time, which is the migration of the red-crested skinks right. and <laughs> the uh, driving awesome. of Clan Pestilence out of Lustria. I love that story. I think it's really yeah. fun. I think it's got a lot of really cool characters and... If you want to play it, this is the place to do it. And then, of course, on the other side, we've got the Clan Pestilens expanded from the Skaven book. I have mm -hmm. to say, this is one that I kind of missed. I, I wasn't super... For whatever reason, I think I was just on another kick at the time. So, like, I wasn't doing a whole lot with my Lizardmen. And I didn't play this list. I think I remember being kind of disappointed that Red Crested Skinks weren't a little bit more powerful. I'm going to mention the Lustria book had introduced loose formations for moving through difficult terrain. Mm. So we actually adopt, while I'm, why I'm mentioning this, is we adopted it into the Orchard Edition. So any unit could just all of a sudden adopt a loose formation or even deploy in a loose formation. Because sometimes you are forced to deploy on difficult ground and you can just kind of move through it. You don't get the rank bonuses or whatever. But yeah, so... There you go. Cherry picking from Lustria. <laughs> it's a good one because 6th edition is very unforgiving oh, it's so as far as terrain yeah. rules go. So yeah. it is yeah. nice to have something that, yeah, if you do have to deploy somewhere that is not ideal, you can at least not yeah. spend half the game moving half of it. I'm starting to appreciate 6th terrain more and more. Once I, Jesse and I had a, a thing what happened to us, like I didn't understand about hills and stuff and blocking on a site, and it just completely blew, floored me i was like this is great because they use it kind of like ninth edition 40k where you it obscures line of sight oh, okay so sixth edition doesn't use true line of sight the way i thought any thoughts on lustria gj yeah i didn't really participate in this campaign it was uh, after i went to college or actually during my time in college and when i uh, wasn't really doing a lot of Warhammer, except for buying the occasional miniature and collecting my armies, and if I had time between drinking beer and studying, uh, <laughs> painting some of them up. So, this really passed me by back at the time, 
But I do like that this book uh, gives you some nice units to play around with. Uh, I think this is the first appearance of the Engine of the Gods that you later see mounted on the uh, Stegodon. Mm. It is. That's worth mentioning for sure. Yeah, good, good call. Yeah. And uh, you also have some very nice converting opportunities for the Skaven. You get mad rat ogres, frothing giant rats. You get your uh, rat spawn, which <laughs> when is... When were rat uh, ogres not mad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you can use just regular rat ogres for them. But uh, yeah, so uh, there's a, uh, a plague pontifex, which uh, is a level 2 wizard, can be upgraded to a level 3, and he can ride the battle on the cauldron of a thousand boxes which is also a very nice thematic unit it's i think a bit of a like a screaming bell it works exactly like a screaming bell with hmm. some exceptions so um you get those new rules those new units a lot of nice converting opportunities so I think I would prefer the Skaven list here over the Lizardman list just because of all the new and wacky stuff you can do with it. I think that's a good synopsis there. Yeah, I like that Skaven list a little bit more as well. I like both of them, but yeah, the, the Lizardman list isn't for me quite where I want it. And I, I guess it's just I want the Red Crested Skinks to be better. <laughs> Yeah, that's really my only sticking yeah. point. But I do I like this supplement a lot. I think if it just mm. had hit me at another time, I would have been really into it. Yeah, and you mentioned earlier when we were talking about Skaven lists that you think the festering chanter was the most aptly named uh, character of those new characters. I think it's going to be beaten by the stinking thing, <laughs> which is yeah. a uh, yeah. also a Skaven character uh, <laughs> from uh, Clan Pestilence which is not yet a plague priest, but like a plague priest acolyte. Yeah, stinking thing. It's it's real good. It's real good. I love stuff like that. They're real silly. Yeah. yeah. All right. One more supplement to get through, and then we'll hit quickly on the Chronicles. And I, I say quickly get through, but <laughs> this, this is, is the big is one. The big one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this has... This is almost entirely alternate lists, and we're t we speak, of course, of Storm of Chaos, and don't worry, Storm of Chaos is getting its own episode. This is this is just too much to handle, quite frankly. Without this, might be a two-part episode. In we fact. might just have to do our favorites, and that's it. For yeah, now. yeah, yeah. I am just gonna. I'll, I'll just list what you have to to play with here. So you've got the Legions of Chaos, which is Archaon's boys, the Demonic Legions led by Bellicor. You have the Midland list, complete with Valton and all of that goodness. You have Wa Grimgor, which had the incredible uh, effigy of Gork that uh, they could right. drag around from battle to battle, which was yep. either stone or dung. I hope most <laughs> people modeled them to be dung because that's much funnier. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's the Slayers of Karak Kadrin, which is the one everyone thinks of. It, it kind of stole the show. As yeah. far as I can remember that was the one everyone got really excited about it was a slayer's army yeah. it was so much more than was in the dwarf book it was really really cool and then you had the alternate armies that didn't get quite as much love but still got an interesting kind of mix of units you had the cult of slanesh which might be my favorite now of these lists like the one that i would play to this day because i've got a lot of 
Slanesh stuff. I got a lot of Dark Elf stuff. I would love to put something like this together. The fact that you could have a Keeper of Secrets leading your Dark Elves. Oh, yes, put it in my veins. There was the Army of Sylvania, which I class as a giant disappointment because it was so much less cool than the Army uh, Von Karstein Von Karstein, Karstein, army in the Vampire Counts book. Because they didn't have the living servants, which I think just yeah. totally kills the theme. I don't like it. There was the Errantry War for Bretonia, which isn't all that different from uh, a normal Bretonian list in that it, we're still looking at knights all day, every day. But uh, right. it did feature more of the uh, the impetuous knights errant. Skaven Clan Eshin, which again is similar to their Eshin in, Eshin in the Skaven book but with a, a few little changes. And this is, I think, one uh, it's a, other one that I think caught a lot of people, or at least modelers, uh, attention, which was right. the High Elf Sea Patrol. So cool. Yeah. I remember seeing just the most beautiful things done with yeah. the High Elf Sea Patrol. I also loved all of the merworm conversions. Yeah, I thought the they merworm. were so cool. I thought the merworm was the coolest thing. Yeah, this... Oh, man. This was, this was a game changer. Literally a game changer. Yeah. It's way too big to to uh, for us to really go into with any sort of detail here. But what were your favorite lists from this supplement, and what do you think? What stuck with you through the years? Oh, GJ, go ahead, buddy. I actually played one of the lists from this book, and one of them I did quite recently, uh, which is Grimgore's Art Boys. Oh, cool! Uh, I used that uh, Forge World totem as my effigy, so sorry Nathan, and no uh, dung heap here. Oh, But well, maybe if I have time, like when I'm 87, I can <laughs> make one out of dung. Excellent. Or at least mo model it to look like dung. Uh, so yeah, that's that's one that I have played with, and uh, I actually participated with it in the Storm of Chaos itself back then, because this was in the day uh, just when I was in my final year of high school, I believe. And I actually had the the time to play some of the battles to log my results. And I was back then a moderator on the GW forums. What? Um, which I did not I... know this little bit of trivia about you. Ooh. Uh, yeah, well, uh, so I am, or I, I have been. Uh, wow. Been for a couple of years until the forums got... Uh, a little bit less love and they just um, told them well in a month or so we're going oh, to disband them abandon ship um, yeah but as part of these forums they did also um, have a set of storm of chaos forums for each of the different uh, armies that you just mentioned and i volunteered to be part of the or to be the moderator of the orc and uh, forum the grim cross art boys forum and uh, as a thank you gift for that, I got a signed copy of the Storm of Chaos in the mail uh, by Gav Thorpe to Jelly. a veteran of the Storm of Chaos. So wow. I just wanted to mention oh. that to uh, make you a little bit jealous. Yeah, you mission successful. Wow, that's wow. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. That's super cool. I like that story. It is, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm really grateful for that and also for my time at the forum. It was uh, really nice to, to do that and to have the power to ban people and everything. Uh, yeah, you, you're um, the salt, salt moderator. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we had a really nice team back then and, and we had a lot of touch through the Yahoo groups, which are now also disbanded. So it's like my whole childhood here is falling apart. Uh, but fortunately, we still have the books. Um, as to the armies... I always have a weakness for orcs, so Grimgore's Art Boys is amongst my favorites. 
I love what they did with the Slayers, the uh, Goblin Ewer, the Doom Seekers, their special units. I also can feel a bit about what you said, Nathan, about the Cult of Sanesh, where you can actually mix two different armies together. That's that's quite unique and quite fun to do it in such a way. Mm-hmm. And I would like to s- play with or maybe even against the High Elf Sea Patrol. Oh, yeah. Who wouldn't? Uh, even if just for that... Nice little rule that states that after both armies have deployed, each unit of Lodon Sea Guard, Lodon Sea Rangers, and Repeater Ball Throwers gets a special round of shooting. <laughs> you ignore all the negative to hit modifiers. You may target any enemy unit on the table, regardless of range, line of sight, and proximity to friendly troops. That means that you will be rolling uh, threes, if not higher to just get a free round of shooting and then you start the battle that's wild that is peak balance (laughs) (laughs) well they 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 realized how bad the sixth ed book was (laughs) Uh. yeah probably yeah so so those are my favorites i think the the slayers and the uh, cult of tanesh stick out the most for me yeah yeah that's that's great uh scott what about you okay before i get into my favorites I'm going to defend the army of Sylvania because there is <laughs> super. There's a lot of cool stuff here, guys. Like, uh, I don't there's know. a lot of no, no, no. I understand. <laughs> I get your grievance, but you gotta tell me. Grave markers. Do you know about those? You get Not to place. Really. Okay, so you get to place grave markers before deployment, but after you choose your side, you get two grave markers and then one other grave marker for every like vampire or vampire lord you take. Yeah. And you you place them on the board. They can't be in the enemy's deployment, but they can be on the their half of the table. They can't be within six inches of each other. And you can cast a new spell called From Death Awakened. It yeah. basically invocation of Nehex, the grave marker, and a new unit of skeletons and zombies gets raised. So you can surround your opponent, or it's just so fun. And there's also like... So, oh, the magic crossbows. items. Right, skeleton crossbows. There's that's, also that's what's some going cool... to uh, do it for me. Uh, right. Because that's also one of those old units that had been uh, around in Hero Hammer and then uh, forgotten about and then got a return here. There's a new bloodline power called Spectral Attendance. You can take one of them per army. It's 35 points. While the vampire is alive and on the table, all enemy wizards suffer minus one penalty to their casting roll. Oh, that's that's pretty spicy. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially so, in sixth. Um. There's so right, you guys light. are you guys are starting to to make. I'm me not done. This okay. So you don't get your living, but you do get your militia, which are skeleton militia and skeleton captain. Um. So it's kind of like those living became. Think of it this way. Those living guys all of a sudden were gifted the uh, <laughs> gifted the undead. And now they're the Sylvanian Levy and they become zombies. They literally called the Zombie Levy, which reminds me it should be the name of a band or a song, the Zombie Levy. I don't know. <laughs> uh, those zombies can be equipped with light armor, shield, and spear, or a halberd. So, halberds. Okay, that's pretty funny. You know, it's. Yeah. And the. Okay, I'm going to go back to a really silly item they added. And they even wrote lore for this 10 point item called Earthbind. In Sylvania, the land and its masters have become inextricably bound together, giving some 
Von Karstein's A Measure of Protection Against Hostile Magics. The vampire has magic resistance one. <laughs> it's like, why? Why did you put that in there? Sure, it it's wasn't a, in... It's uh, a bloodline yeah. power. It's, it's not a magic item. Oh, it's a bloodline power. Well, it's still coming from your point cost. Yeah, it is. But, but it's like, you don't need that 10-point item. However, if you like wolves, the wolf lord, 10 points... Bloodline power. This vampire may use this spell of invocation to act to raise new units of direwolves. That's pretty cool. Drakenhof Banner, 50 points. Magic resistance 2. In addition, any vampire using it, either the summon bats or the summon wolves, bloodline power within 12 inches will summon double the number of creatures. You know, I can go on with a few other things, but that, everything except those humans, is really, really fun. Yet, it's not my favorite. I'm going with the Cult of Slanesh. Come on, guys. Yeah, I, I knew you, you had to get there as well. <laughs> like the Cult yeah. of Slanesh. Yeah. My God. So cool. Do you, I didn't, uh, Patrick pointed out to me, the recent pickup I got in Dartmouth from that guy is an entire army of this. He he started it, but just got to paint. He painted a couple of witch elves. There is 50 witch elves, 40 daemonettes, the old metal ones. Oh, yeah. There's uh what's his name uh oh azazel azazel's there yeah. oh uh nice. it, it was an insane pickup i didn't realize it was his version of the cult of slanesh yeah look at all this stuff you get you get dark elves and demons together the cool part is is that marathi the only special character allowed and if you read all the stories around her it's like yeah she kind of brought chaos to dark elves right like she's oh yeah been, yeah she yes. noted you know yeah. Oh, if I, I'm running this army, I'm taking Marathi. Yeah. yeah Ten times right? like <laughs> Oh, and by the way, I never had Marathi model. That was also in part of that deal I got. Marathi oh, nice. There with the Pegasus. Nice. I wish you could field her on foot, though, as an option. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, Hero help. Hammer, you can. But Gentlemen, uh, so I think we should move on from Storm of Chaos, because otherwise we will be here yeah, for a long be... time. Yeah. yeah, you can just cut the episode up and say, hey, yeah. we have a Storm of Chaos episode. Yeah, seriously. Maybe uh, when when I do the the Storm of Chaos look, we'll we'll do a three person uh, retrospective on it because there's so much here and there's so much here that's easy to miss. So it's nice to have extra pairs of eyes. And it would be cool to talk about. It's like yeah, we we have this. We're actually playing this now in a campaign. Like that would be cool to say mm. around that time or start it. Yeah, because I have all the maps tiles. I have double map tile. Oh. I have two bo- two boxes of maps tiles. One's painted already. So yeah. The last ones we will hit on are Chronicles 2003 and Chronicles 2004. I put these together. Just was there anything that either of you guys wanted to mention from them? We did get some interesting theme list. I the the one that I was going to mention we actually mentioned earlier, which was the High Elf uh, War of the Beard list, oh, which yeah. I always thought was was a really cool one, where your dragon princes can take actual dragons. So, yeah, what say you? Steam tanks. <laughs> the steam tanks are fun yeah the steam tanks are fun because they also the, deserve an entire episode they, yeah. yeah right those were that was exactly when i started collecting empire so i was blown away that they had these steam tanks that by the way i had the metal version do you have any idea how it's heavy as my laptop like it's crazy well i believe it <laughs> um it, i also glued my hands together on it a bunch of times but uh <laughs> I, I guess what I love that thing. 
<laughs> Steam tanks for me. I can't remember everything that was in. That was the early. That was 2003, right? The steam tanks. I think I so. I believe so. Yeah. yeah, it was that one. I do have the other one. Oh, you know what I liked? I loved the just the maps that were in there, in the books, in the Chronicles. You could go through the maps and see where wars were fought. And one of them came with a map as well. It was the 2004, I believe. Yeah, they had some really nice kind of extra stuff Yeah, with those. Yeah. But I mean, that's, I guess that's the point of the Chronicles, right? Is to just like ed- yeah. enhance what enhance your, your experience. Hobby. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Before we get to today's game or anything like that, we're just going to do a couple of questions. Just throw it out to the group and see if we agree or disagree. But <laughs> let's start off with maybe the hardest question and we'll get into <laughs> the easier ones. <laughs> Which of these, and we've, we've talked about a, a ton of lists today. What strikes you as the best? What do you think added the most? What is the most valuable list? I guess if you're right. if you're looking at it that way, I like I, the valuable. I like that word valuable because yeah. it, it does change yeah. my 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 answer a bit. So yeah, yeah and yeah. I, I don't, and I, I'm giving myself some leeway here because I didn't go with <laughs> the list that is, I think, the absolute tip top of powerful. But what I ended up going for was the demonic legion list out of storm of chaos Mm -hmm. and the reason why i went with this is because and this is something that scott and i talked about before the episode a little bit demons lost a lot between Mm -hmm. fifth and sixth edition they there was this weird half divorce of chaos where beastmen got shunted into a corner and we got the mortals and demons in the hordes of chaos book which is a great book on its own has a lot of good things going for it but demons lost so much there they lost their cavalry they lost a lot of their options for characters it was not necessarily the best time to be a demon player the demonic legion came back and said hey it's okay you can play your demons as a full-on army now you're gonna have those options you're gonna have those choices sorry we took this away from you and <laughs> all the while bellicor's like i have to give this crown to who yeah yeah <laughs> who's this archaeon scrub i don't know yeah. yeah i i love that i love the additional fluff that and and bellicor's grand entrance as the the guy who masterminded albion i think from a lore perspective and from a game perspective of giving chaos players back those options that were taken away in fifth edition that's why I'm going for the the best being, or the most valuable, I guess, being Demonic Legion. That's certainly only my subjective opinion, and I do love myself some demons. So what do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, I find this a really hard one. I have mm. no idea which one to choose. In I... doubt, go with your favorite and just <laughs> pretend that it's the strongest and yeah, argue yeah. that. Yeah, well, in that case, it's going to be the Snotling Horde, of course. Of course. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I can't no. wait till we get to the favorite and we're all just like Snotling Horde, yeah. done. Well, I, I'm I'm thinking maybe the, the, the Dark Elf list we just talked about, the uh, Cult of Sanesh, uh, just because it gives you so many options for units. Uh, you can have Demonettes, Mounted Demonettes alongside with Dark Elves. You can have or Morathi in there, of course. You can have those uh, Dark Elf sorceresses, and then alongside, uh, I believe, also Greater Demons. Maybe are they allowed? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can. Yeah. You can have yeah. a Lord uh, as a Keeper of Secrets. Yeah, the Keeper of Secrets. Yeah. yeah. I I'm going to say this list. That's a great nice. choice. 
that yeah. was actually my the the one that I thought of first, and I was like, no, don't Homer this. Like, yeah. <laughs> Where Dark Elves and High Elves were a little bit of suffering souls in 6th edition, or at least for most of 6th edition, it's nice to have that extra way to play Dark Elves, right? Even if yeah, even if it's not super top tier, just having that in 6th edition was, I think, valuable. All right, Scott? I like the word valuable because that changes me, that changes my answer. To, it's kind of like the Cult of Slanesh is where I was leaning towards, but in value, I'm going to pick up the Vampire Counts book of 6th edition and I'm looking at the back and I see all the bloodlines and I'm like, hey, I can play I can play this one book with all my friends. We can all pick, pick a different bloodline. Just like you said, Nathan, you can have like a campaign within a book, one book. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to pick that book because all of those bloodline or thematic lists are amazing. You could have a whole heyday with that alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good choice. Really good choice. The Vampire Counts... I would say are my favorite alternate lists. If I had to choose a book, mm -hmm. a specific army book, it would be Vampire Counts and then Orcs and Goblins. I, I think Vampire Counts just did it perfectly. I, I think it, it was kind of the pinnacle of the, the sixth ed list it's back the of the work, book thing. Yeah, the yeah. work of Alessio Cavatore is great. Next question for our esteemed panel. What's the most iconic of these lists can we all agree on slayer call it's it's the slayer call right i i wanted yeah, yeah. <laughs> i wanted to argue this and yeah. i can't do well, it when you have the word cult like the cult of sanesh is arguably because it's pretty iconic in terms of molding an entire race right yeah we run into the same problem that we ran into with the warhammer hall of fame it's <laughs> gotrek one by a landslide <laughs> as yeah. a character and <laughs> dwarf slayers no, dwarf no. slayers ended up as another like a pick as a unit on their own like it just slayers are warhammer well like, guess it's, what we it's hard the most not iconic to... unit of all time yeah yeah like, it's, it's... I, I do think that this slayer army has actually helped that image along mm -hmm. well they were popular before but they were i think even more popular after the storm of chaos hit i think you're right and yeah I think a lot of that would be when you see that on the table, this mass of half-naked dwarfs with dyed orange hair just running at you and barefoot. Yeah, like that's incredible. It's that's such a Warhammer. it's such a strong aesthetic. It's Warhammer. It's silly. It's yep. it's fun. It's Warhammer. Uh, I I will throw out a couple of honorable mentions. the The first one was Clan Pestilence because mm -hmm. Clan yep. Pestilence has just been this force in Warhammer. Like, they always seem to get a little bit of their own stuff from Old Hammer all the way to Age of Sigmar. They just seem to... Y you can't keep a, a plague rat down, I guess. And I, <laughs> I wanted to kind of recognize that. The other one was the one that GJ and I talked about on the Patreon, which was the zombie pirates. And I wouldn't have put them on this list except for the fact that so much of their list influenced the Total War faction. Which has become kind of a popular faction in Total War has really raised their status as a, you know, in the Warhammer world. And I thought that was kind of cool. But really, the, the answer is Slayer Army. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Easiest question. What's your favorite? And why is it the Snotling Horde? <laughs> <laughs> it's the Snotling Horde because aesthetically, aesthetics on the table. Look at, can you imagine? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine it so well. Also... It will destroy you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
throwing it's, snots at you. It's a lot of unbreakable snotlings. Mine is Snotling Horde. Uh, honorable mention to the Army of Sylvania for reasons I've already pointed out. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I'm gonna my, mine's to go. going to be Snotling Horde as well. Okay. I just while Orcs and Goblins was my first ever army, and I picked up the book and I looked through those list, and I thought, okay, they included the Snotling Horde, and and they literally say in the book, uh, we did this because we could. <laughs> so it, it do I be thought, like that. I yeah. want to play this some someday uh, because I can. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, sometimes there's a there's just a right answer, and I think that right answer is Snotling Horde. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although you can, but Scott, you you are allowed to have a yeah, different opinion. Yeah, yeah I am. Uh, I appreciate the Snotling Horde so much. I am going to stick with my original. It was the Cult of Slanesh because of many reasons. It, it's really nostalgic for me. I was. I'm going to mention briefly what Nathan and I were talking about. I felt a little bit cheated back in the day when Chaos was getting all this stuff. And I'm a player and I got to play, you know, I play my armies or whatever. And then GW's pumping all this stuff out for chaos, chaos, hordes of chaos, beasts of chaos, demons. I'm like, guess what? Chaos, it worked because I started collecting Slanesh. <laughs> it was like literally the lore of Slanesh, uh, the lore of chaos is like, was GW's lore of me spending money on these <laughs> models, right? I think it's everything. It's gorgeous on the table. It's scary on the table. It combos in ways that you your you know your tactical brain can get a lot out of. So I'm uh, I'm gonna pick the cult. Nice. I, I know y- you and I have very similar taste in aesthetics for oh, certain yeah. things like that. Like we're both big into dark elves. We both like Slanesh a lot. I a hundred percent understand picking the the cult of Slanesh. It was very cool. It's got such a an awesome appeal and so many neat modeling opportunities and, and mixing those those non-traditional yeah. forces. Yeah, really, really cool. All right, gentlemen, we got through those questions. I have one last little thing that I think is worth at least a little bit of discussion, and then we'll move on to our game at the end. What I want to talk about, at least in passing, is the idea of themed lists in these army books. It's something that Games Workshop really got into and then really got out of. Yeah. This was an era. This was a very unique era in Games Workshop. And this is what they do. This is Games Workshop gets big into a game mechanic or they'll get big into a certain idea. They'll have lots of fun writing out rules for it. And then blink of an eye, it goes because they've decided that's not the direction they want to go in. My question for you two is what do you prefer? as far as army building goes. Do you like something like these 6th edition books where you have your core army list and then as an appendix or as an add-on in White Dwarf or in a supplement, you get a new way to play them, but everything is fairly constricted? Or would you go with what is the modern-day Games Workshop approach where almost anything is allowable in age of sigmar and in 40k Dude, you just and open up a, a big can there, i know this question. could be an episode yeah. of stuff, but we'll try and be succinct here yeah i guess my personal opinion is constraints breed creativity i do well when i am constrained by some form when i have something to work around when i have a framework because otherwise, my brain just balks at the opportunities, right? It's just, there's too much. I, I want to do too much. But if you can give me a really neat framework that is somewhat constrictive, but then also forces me to 
forces me down and, and to be creative and to go down a certain path. I get a lot of benefit out of it, which means I prefer something like this. But there is something to be said for, I guess, that great and terrible freedom that you have in modern day Games Workshop games where yeah. you can take different detachments in 40k to take if you wanted to build like an all biker space marine army or in Age of Sigmar, there's all sorts of like different themes that make things battle line that wouldn't be battle line usually. I think in Cities of Sigmar, there's some way to do all steam tanks, which is, sounds nuts to me. Mm -hmm. What say you on this? Well said. I So let's just go to GW's 9th edition 40k right quick. They are doing exactly what you said. They are allowing you to do everything. The issue with that is that it's the infamous GW problem of uh, they don't know their own game in terms of, and it's not only their own fault. They can't possibly play test their game as much as we can because there's way more of us. I really, really love the freedom of one supplement. It does everything. Mm -hmm. However, there's a, the catch is, oh no, I have to buy another supplement now because they messed this one up. So obviously, if the book is fine and they don't mess the rules up, obviously I want my cake and eat it too i just want everything i just want to be able to have that sandbox that i can play in in one book looking back at this storm of chaos book i wasn't really expecting it to be that good back then i was kind of blown away because you're playing your sixth edition you got the rules down your army you're working hard on your army and all of a sudden bam they hit you with this summer campaign and then that creates a whole new hobby vigor or um, gaming vigor so I don't have an answer for you, sir. Okay. It's, you know, it's one of those where you, you don't really need to. I, I'm just, I no, really yeah, wanted sure. to hit on because it's, yeah. it's, they've changed their it's philosophy so much yeah, absolutely. that I thought it was yeah. worth hitting on. GJ, any, uh, anything that you'd like to? Yeah, I want to mention a couple of things actually, um, because I just pulled up here on Wikipedia. They have a very nice uh, list of all the Warhammer army books that were released with their release date. And when I look at that list, then when you go up from uh, October 2000, which was the Empire, you go in, in chronological order, you get uh, Empire, Orcs and Goblins, Dwarves, Vampire Counts, and then Dark Elves, High Elves, Skaven. And I'm going to stop there, because those were the books that we just discussed, except for Dark Elves and High Elves, but they got a scenario. Mm -hmm. uh, Lizardman is a little bit higher up, it's in, in May 2003. And they got that Southlands list, but all the other books that were later, the Second Dwarf book, the Wood Elves, the Ogre Kingdoms, Bretonia, Beasts of Chaos, Tomb Kings, Wards of Chaos, they did not get those additional armies. Huh. So this was actually something that GW started with in 6th edition, and then yep. halfway through the edition, they just stopped it. Yep. That might have been because they were saving up their creativity for the Storm of Chaos, I don't know how that works. There was a limited amount of creativity to go around. Yeah, it's a good question. But uh, that that was just one thing that I noticed uh, just now. That is very the other interesting. Thing is, is talking about sandbox. Well, you do get more units later on in the game, like in uh, eighth edition. Mm -hmm. But uh, I also like that in fifth edition and fourth edition, you could take allies with your army. You actually had a percentage allotment for allies. Right. Yeah. And there are some rules, of course, for that in 8th edition as well. But I think that opens up a lot more opportunities and, and really allows you to 
sandbox around a bit more. You can have a wood elf army and then include some dwarf cannons, uh, for example. And just really fill out those those, those needs that the army may, may have right. that they cannot fill from their own list. Yeah, which one do I prefer? I I like both. I like the, the thematic lists that they... Uh, well, a lot of them have additional units and additional characters. So as a collector, that's something that appeals to me because I want to make those units and I want to get those characters, even though I can only play them in that specific list. And I also like the big sandbox opportunity where you can just allow everything to be in the army but uh, yeah like yeah. you said nathan it uh, hard. It, it can be a bit scary to have access to everything and i for one i am not big on making choices which is probably one of the reasons <laughs> why i would like yeah. something of everything yeah yeah you you just described me to a t that is it <laughs> i don't like making choices if you give me every option i'm just gonna sit there forever yeah and be like yeah. i don't know yeah. what i want and that is a serious problem with uh, gaming. Yeah. It's, and yeah. it's not just, it's not, I'm going to say gaming, the hobbying, because there's the gaming, the painting. There's so many options that you can yes. spiral down into this. Yeah, just drink. after this talk, I have five more ideas of things that I want to make. Like right, the, exactly. Uh, yeah. Empire units yeah. painted up in Sylvanian colors to, uh, <laughs> to add to yeah. uh, Vampire Counts uh, and uh, Yeah. Well, thank you for indulging me on that. Uh, question without really an answer just i'm still vibrating from the question i'm still vibrating yeah. from the question. it's like uh all right gentlemen before we go today i do have a quick game for us here this is called i abhor your core and what i'm gonna <laughs> i love it oh thank you uh what i'm gonna need for you guys to do is close or otherwise just not look at the various sure. army books that we've had open today because we're uh -oh. going to test a little bit of your memory. All right. Yeah. Uh -oh. So this game plays a lot like our Dear Departed Mount This that we did on the Lost episode. What I did is remade it. So what you'll be doing is I'm going to be giving you a theme list. Maybe one of the theme lists that we talked about today. What you're going to do is list its core units. Uh -huh. And for each one that you get, you get a point. You can stop at any time. However, if you list a unit that is not part of its core choices, you get no points for the whole round. If you get all of them, however many there may be, you get a bonus point. So I've divided the questions into easy, medium, and hard. The easy questions have three or less core choices. The medium have four and the hard have five. And there's two of each. Uh, what I'll let you guys do is you're going to take turns choosing from one of the categories. And I'm going to give you the list. And you'll be able to go from there. I am also, because I think this is a little bit trickier of a game, going to give you one mulligan. So if you, <laughs> if you list them out and you get one that is incorrect, uh, I will allow you to swap it out one time. It's funny. My mind went for. I wonder if we get a mulligan. I didn't think you just said it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Scott, would you like an easy, a medium, or a hard? Oof. I'm going to go with medium and test the waters there. All right. <laughs> the first question on medium. We are looking for the core choices for the dwarf royal clan list. Oh, and there all, are four uh, for uh, a medium. 
All of them. Oh, God, really? Yeah, so there are four core choices in this um, army. I'm going to get the first one wrong. Is it? Okay, so Iron Breakers. So oh, Iron sorry. Breakers. All right. Wait, so list, list the... off which ones, you, uh, list off your, your guesses, and then we'll go through them. And we'll okay, so talk. what's the, what's it's the Dwarf High Court? It's the, the Royal Clan. So this is the, kind of the oh, okay. clan of a king of a hold. Okay, so scratch the Iron Breakers for now. Let's go with Longbeards. Okay. Let's go with Hammers. Okay. And you don't have to get them all. You can stop yeah, at yeah, any yeah. time. Yeah. Um, oh, but if I get one wrong, it goes to zero? Yes, that's the, oh, that's the, that's the tricky I, I was about to call you something. A son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> God, I mean, I, I, like I'm thinking warriors, but it's like, what if they're just elite? I feel like I'm going to stop there. Because I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. I'll okay. So ha- uh, longbeards and hammers. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that is worth two points for you. You got both of those. Cool. The other two were iron breakers and warriors. <laughs> so you, you said <laughs> I all actually four. said I yeah. actually said the two. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. I'll take two points. I'm happy. Two points. So you're on yes. the board. <laughs> TJ. All right. I'm gonna ro- dive right in and give me the hard one. All right. The first four hard is the Empire Cult of Ulrich. There are five core choices. All right. And this is the Cult of Ulrich, of course, from the... This uh, is from the Empire Army Empire book. This Army is not book. the yeah. Mindenheim list. Yeah. I think there are, uh, of course, Knights of the White Wolf. Okay. Probably a safe bet. Yeah, probably. I'm also guessing state troops, because they were... Were they in in sixth edition? They were not. They were no. not. There was actually different entries for yeah. each of them, uh, and some of them may or may not five. appear. Yeah. Let's see. Then I'm going to say uh, spearmen and swordsmen. Oh, this is really hard. Yeah, it is. I am. Um, I'm thinking about a lot of things, and I think oh, they will probably be special. I'm going to put in crossbowmen there as well, and then I'm going to stop. Okay. GJ, would would you like to use your mulligan? I will tell you right now, crossbowmen is an incorrect answer. Then I would like to use my mulligan. Okay. Would you like to swap that out, or are you fine with the three that that you had before that? Um, No, I think I'm going to try swapping it out, because I do need my points here, probably. And I'm gonna I'm gonna mention free company. Okay, use the mulligan to very good effect on this one. Ooh, no, it nice. is yeah. It's Knights the White Wolf, free company, swordsmen, spearmen, and halberdiers. Yeah, oh, halberdiers! I forgot I the halberdiers were in there too, but oh. yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure. Still four points, very strong for that. All right, Scott. You are up next. Mm. Would you like an easy, a medium, or a hard? Oh god! So we have one medium left. One, or sorry, one hard left, and hard left. both easies and one medium. Medium. I'm gonna steal the medium. Oh, you're gonna <laughs> steal the second medium. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know what? I bet this is a good one because I didn't know when I was making this that GJ had Grimgore's Ard Boys, the army. Uh, oh. So this is Grimgore's Ard Boys. Uh, tell me what their core choices are. Oh my god. I'm not an orc player. This is going to be like I'm assuming he's a black orc. So, GJ, is this one you would have felt confident about? Definitely. I, I know three of them right away. 
Is there four? You I said think four. There's four. four. Yeah. There's four. Okay, that's actually really hard because <laughs> the only core choice that I thought Grimgor would ever need is black orcs. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got more than you think. And you do have your mulligan, so you could be a little bit more aggressive if you wanted to about guessing. Right. So th- does the mulligan work? You have to. It's it, the whole thing that was said. So the mulligan or works. Is it the, the basic, or just one unit. The mulligan works if you have a a wrong choice in your like like gj was only wrong on the crossbowman so uh, it, okay. it it will nullify basically your first wrong your first wrong choice you can swap that out if you go way off the deep end on me i can't help you with the mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> like if it's just like snotlings snotling pump wagons then i i don't think we can we can, we can give you that but all right so let's take let's say black works okay <laughs> This pause, I love it. No, I'm, just, I'm, write, I'm writing it down. Okay. Biggins. Okay. Like he wouldn't have goblins. What would he have mounted? Boar boys. Let's say boar boys. Okay. Anything else you want to go for? Uh, I think that's it. He's four. Oh, there's four of them, right? Yeah. So let's do. What's the chariot? Yeah, it's just orc chariot. Okay. So, this is one that I think you might want to use your mulligan on. All right. Uh, I'm going to tell you the orc chariot is not not in there. Okay. In there. Now you could cool. you could keep your other answers, or you could and go with those, or you could just swap it out and. Yeah, I think I'm just going to stick with those. With the three. Yeah. All right. So I am going to give you big uns because they are an upgrade for the boys unit. It is the boys I'll unit that is. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm going to allow it for this one because it's, it's there. Uh, you got orc boar boys, and of course black orcs. The last one was error boys. Yes. Oh, I would never have guessed that. Yeah. It's not yeah. as obvious with him because they're, yeah, yeah they're a ranged unit. All right. GJ, up to you. Um, We've got a uh, hard and two easies. What's the score, by the way? Uh, yeah. So it's five to four, but Scott has answered yeah. an extra question. So you're in good shape. Then I am going to take a gamble here, but I'm going to steal the hard one. The hard? Oh, that, okay. That's good, that, yeah, that's how you clinch your win, right? What an aggressive... Man, you, I gotta teach you infinity, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. looking forward to it, mate. <laughs> so, for the last hard question, we're back on orcs and goblins, and we're going for the mountain or troll country wa. And there are five core choices. Ooh. Let me see. This was the list where nothing was mounted. So I'm going to say orcs, arrow boys, goblins, savage orcs. And am I going to dare mention Night Goblins? I think they are in there. I am going to say it, Night Goblins. All right. So just so I have this correct, so it was Orc Boys, Error Boys, Savage Orcs, Savage Orcs, Common Goblins, Common Goblins, Goblins, Night Goblins. GJ, you have flown too close to the sun, the evil sun. You were, oh, you're just, you're tickling perfection. There are no savage orcs in the core oh, no. choices. Oh. What you wanted wait, was wait. was snotling swarms. As the fifth <laughs> oh, choice. forgot about the snotlings. Oh no. Okay. Um, well, it's I, not. It's not over yet. Scott's only no. still one point ahead actually, of you. But still, that would have sealed the game right there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He almost almost aced that one. That was good. Yeah. I'm actually glad I didn't ace it, even though I would have <laughs> would have liked the win. But uh, oh yeah, this yeah. this keeps up the excitement. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so I have an easy. Yes. So you have an easy. 
and our first easy and this is one that i didn't expect us to talk about but we did mention it so we're gonna have to see what your Uh what you your memory's like my easy's hard (laughs) yeah uh we're going with the raiders of nagaroth oh cool yeah so so the core choices are quite easy there there's two of them and it's it is the corsairs and dark riders all right no hesitation on that one that is correct so you got both of them there which means gj yours is another orc one i had a lot of fun oh man (laughs) uh this is the savage orc horde oh nice oh great um let me see uh is it still possible for me to win no, not not as such. But I thought it was. Not as such. Oh, because of the yeah, I guess yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, he he would getting this one perfect would put him just one point behind you. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. There are two or three choices for this one. So this one, I just did. I did three or less. Three or less. Because right. I didn't want to so make it too it. too easy. Yeah. 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 No. Uh, great. So uh, we do have, of course, savage orcs. That's a, a reasonable guess for sure. <laughs> yeah, this and what else is there? That's oh, hard. I remember actually. just looking at it. Yeah. Also, a lot of stuff that I think is special, like the the, the spider riders are special. The, <clears throat> There's the savage orc chariot. Is a special. lot of special choices. Yeah. 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 Not um, a not a big core list for this one. Wolf Maybe. riders are in there, I believe. Maybe it's just savage orcs. That would make sense. Oh, I got is an that? idea. No, I I, I don't. I think got an so. idea. I think there's something in there. I'm thinking, uh, uh, because I, I am going to be one point behind, so this is me just metagaming here, so there are two core units. I'm thinking Savage Orcs and Common Goblins. Well, you salvaged that back to respectability, nice. and you got them both. Yeah. So our final score is seven, or, uh, yeah, seven to eight. And Scott is our champion. The tiebreaker that I was going to have for you guys was the Clan Scryer army because it has six oh. <laughs> core choices oh. and they're wild oh uh, but we, we don't we don't need that one what yeah good job guys you, you guys did yeah. quite well on that one and gj Congrats, oh it was heartbreaking so close <laughs> I, I, yeah. I watched you do it i was just like oh man he's gonna do it, it. he's gonna like, do and then the savage orcs came in and it would have been like you. 15 to 8 uh, I should, I should <laughs> yeah. Yeah. taking the hint when you said uh, as game master are you sure these are your choices <laughs> <laughs> you were just we were so close uh, also, I just, I because there was five of them, I was having trouble remembering, but yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that is going to do us for this episode. This one was so much fun. I love these episodes where we can kind of just reminisce yeah. on oh, great things big... that, that were and get ideas for, for projects in the future. Absolutely. From all of us here at the War Games Orchard, we hope that you've enjoyed this episode. And until next time... Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this episode of The War Games Orchard. If you like the show, why not support us on Patreon? Our Patreon is where you will find our bonus content, and is totally non-tiered. So for whatever donation you'd like, you can have access to all of our bonus content. If Patreon's not your thing, then consider giving us a 5-star rating on your podcast platform of choice, and sharing this show with friends. If you'd like to get in touch with us, check out what's new with the War Games Orchard, or just say hello, you can find us on Facebook. Our community page is the Warhammer Orchard, and while you're there, you can follow our regular page, the War Games Orchard. Outside of Facebook, you can get a hold of us by email at wargamesorchard 
at gmail.com.